Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Juliana Dever. Before we get to her, I want to announce that our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. Go there. You can see stories that I've written, stories that some of the guests have written. You can see my recent stories on Romania that I visited back in November. You can see photos of all our guests. You can see links to their social media, and you can see links to our social media. And that is, of course, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Podcast on Facebook. There are links to Stitcher Radio and Apple Podcasts where you can subscribe for free, as always. And I ask you to please give us a good rating on those formats because that boosts our presence even further there and helps more people find the show. That's a cool thing to do. So if you can do that, I appreciate it. And hey, we're on Spotify now. There's a link to our Spotify page. It's what all the kids are doing now, I've been told. So if that's where you get your podcasts, get your music, please subscribe there too. If you want to write me, you can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. Maybe you know somebody who's great for the show. Maybe you yourself will be good for the show. Shoot me an email. I had a lot of them back up on me since I've been traveling so much. And if I missed your email, I apologize. I hopefully will have written you back by the time this comes out. Anyway, you can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. And now let's get to our guest today, who is an actual TV star. That's right. I want all Hollywood on you folks today, bringing you a big shot. Juliana Dever, along with her husband Seamus appeared on the TV show Castle for eight years, which is a hell of a run in television and in show business. So kudos to her for that. I'm very jealous. But she's also an avid traveler. And she and her husband have taken many trips around the world. And along the way, Juliana decided to start her own travel website, which is cleverdeverwherever.com. Not Dever. Get it straight. And she's not only putting out great content in terms of photos and stories, she's got to be quite an expert on the country of Georgia in Eastern Europe. And I can't remember on this show when we've ever talked about Georgia. Sure, we've talked about the state, but not the country. So I've never been, and so I was fascinated about her relationship with the country. And now she offers uh, guided tours in small groups that you can sign up for. We'll talk about that as well. And we got to talk about her career and her life in the business. And it was just a real pleasure to meet her. I'll be totally honest. I wasn't familiar with her work before, but now I'm a fan. She's totally cool. And I want to thank her for doing this. So please enjoy my conversation with the lovely, charming, and talented Juliana Dever. Give me your weirdest like person coming up to you and being weird story. You know, I, I, I no one's been weird to me coming up. It, it, it's I, I find especially like fans of of Castle were always so nice. I mean, it's funny how they do wind up appearing in places that you it's unexpected. Um, some of it, I guess, is because you know if you if you get too excited about posting something on your on your Instagram, <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> right? Like when we were in Rio. 
we just happened to post a picture from the rooftop of the hotel we were staying at because it was a Copacabana Beach is gorgeous and like it could be any rooftop there was no distinguishing marks right like think my husband posted something and then uh, within 12 hours there was a cluster of fans outside the door of our hotel for the rest of our trip in Rio in Rio oh Castle was big in Brazil wow yeah and the thing is everybody was always nice but the but the issue is a they just they they were like okay they're in Rio so they called every single hotel and our hotel told them that we were there which oh, was not cool because yeah. then you don't have any privacy but secondly we were down there traveling we were and, and uh, i don't know if you've been to Rio in like December it is 99 degrees yeah. 100 degrees it's like 90% humidity you're disgusting at all times it there's no point in trying to look cute most people don't even wear clothes because there's just like it, they will slide off of you anyway and 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 we, in Brazil that's not a bad thing no in Brazil <laughs> <laughs> Clothes are always optional yes. in Brazil. And then, but we were like on an eight hour tour with like through like going to Sugarloaf and all these things. And we were just so gross. And, and as the Jeep drove up to drop us off, I could see all of them standing out there. And I'm like, I don't like the one thing that's really, I, you know, both James and I are happy when we see people. We're always like, yo, come here. You want to, you want to take a picture? Like it's always to know that you did something that affected someone enough for them to care or to talk to you about it, I think is amazing. That's like that connection. That's why you do it. So we're always happy to see people. But there are times when you're just not in the headspace or you're really, really hangry or you're sweaty and gross and you're like, I don't want to not take a picture, but I do not want to be in a picture that's going to be all over the internet. As bad as it always has been like that for celebrities, I mean, when I say bad in quotes, I mean, there's bad and the, you know people have harder lives, but knowing that everybody walking around now has a camera in their pocket at all times ready to go. Whether you're in Trader Joe's shopping in sweats or you're in Rio or, you know, glammed up. There's always somebody around. There is. And, and it's... And Seamus, <laughs> my husband, uh, who is is the more well-known, who has been on Castle for eight years, he um, people recognize him sometimes. And uh, he gets really annoyed at things that don't seem fair. And so we were in the Houston airport, and he, uh, we have TSA pre-check. Sure. And part of the reason is so you can get through those lines really fast, especially if there's a problem. And Houston, every time we go through Houston, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have that in the connecting flight. And they never do. Years go by. Years go by. And so at this point, he's really tired of the government workers not caring. So he's always like, where's the TSA pre-check? And like, we're late. Now we're in, we're in there. You have to back up through that line, that security when you come in the country. And, yep. and he's like, where is it? And he's getting visibly annoyed. But what it does... It, Instead, it just looks like here's this uh, throw jerk, an attitude this around. jerk actor who thinks he's better than everyone. Do, do and, you know who and, I am? And I saw somebody like pulling out their phone to start recording him. I'm like, babe, babe, I know that you want to point out that they're being lackadaisical, yeah. but what it looks like <laughs> is is a Hollywood asshole. Exactly, is, is yeah. exactly. <laughs> I, I, I remember hearing like Howard Stern talk about that at some point about like how how he has to overtip mm-hmm. when he goes out because if it's just if they deem it too low, because everybody knows he has money and everybody, you know, it's like, how much is enough so I don't look like an asshole? <laughs> but, you know, if I tip like normal, like 20, 25%, yeah. even 25 is pretty good. Is that too cheap because they know I have money? You yeah. know, it's like, he's in this weird area. So you have to go like, 
here's a hundred dollars for bringing me coffee or something so yeah. people can go well, we're not there yet so i think yeah we can... <laughs> i mean he's got you know if that's his biggest problem yeah exactly that's, that's all right so julietta dever yay <laughs> um yeah and you were right very well done with the dever clever that's why i did it i know how much how many times would you say a day was your name misspelled or missaid uh, growing up uh, well it's my married name so oh. Oh, oh, wait, but you know what, name? <laughs> I didn't know that yeah okay uh, yeah I actually took it before we ever got how married much, no pressure was, right yeah, how much was <laughs> Miss said I'm gonna ask him how his entire it, life in his fact it's gotta be awful in fact when we went back to his high school years ago there's the big they you know they print out the everybody's faces with their names underneath and his parents were both teachers at the school even oh. Seamus Denver Denver, I love it. <laughs> or there's Devers, where they add an S, or most people want to say Dever. And yeah. then to compensate for the mispronunciation, they add the A. And I'm like, did you see the A there before? Because, <laughs> so yeah, it's all the time. <laughs> Tell me the genesis of starting uh, your site, and when did you get into leading people around the world? Yeah, so I started traveling. Uh, one of my first jobs was for the airline, and the uh, airline, the, the airline. Wow, okay. It was only one back then. <laughs> <laughs> back in the day, we had a propeller plane. Hey, you know, I was born December seventeenth. Is the date that the Orville brothers took flight? Oh. So maybe there's a connection there. The Wright brothers? Did I say the Orville? The Orville brothers, <laughs> or maybe they maybe they beat them to it. The Orville brothers. That's the, cool. Yeah, I, Orville and Wilbur. <laughs> Orville and Wilbur. Well, no, those were the Wilbur brothers. Those were, the Wilbur they brothers. were, and there was a huge competition. They make a nice plane, those two. Everybody knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, so what was your first job? Uh, and what airline? Can you say, or was this legally you can't? Uh, yeah, I signed an NDA. No, okay. I <laughs> but I started working for the airline and uh, in St. Louis. And I got to fly. And it, you don't want to say the name of this. It was airline. TWA. Okay, thank yeah. you. <laughs> Sorry. Jeez, the airline. The as airline. if we just assume we know. Because in, in, in I've flown TWA because it doesn't Louis, exist anymore. In St. Louis, there's only one. Who were they bought TWA? out by? Or they American. just go complete American? They're American. Out. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember so, that. So, what did you do for them? So I started in reservations, and okay. then from there I went to the frequent flyer department, and from there I went to the in-flight department which is the department that is responsible for absolutely everything inside the aircraft, including uh, flight attendants. But all the food, all the all the blankets, all the uniforms, um, and we did movies. I was really lucky. Oh, I, nice. I got to pick the movies. Perfect. And I kind of first I was assisting somebody, and from there I was picking the movies for the airlines themselves. And then my boss... Beth Almberg, the most amazing person in the world, my Ask favorite boss. Ask by name. Yes. Um, she moved from St. Louis to California. And I, the day that she brought us all into the office I to tell us she was leaving, I burst into tears. Aww. And uh, so when she got to California, she said, I have a, a job for you out here if you want it. And I was like, yes, I do, because I don't want to live in Missouri my whole life. And it was so exciting because we were working, we were picking the movies for the airlines now, 
all the airlines. <laughs> really? But we're for, you know, we had like 10, 15 accounts. And so we were the liaison between the airline and the movie the- and the movie studios. So then I would go to Paramount Pictures or, or Warner Brothers and they would, it was great because it would kind of woo you because they wanted you to pick their movie for, you, for your airline because... Oh, well, nice. You were yeah. wind and dying. So I'm going to the movie studios. I'm watching movies before they're released in the private cinemas on the Paramount lot. Yeah, but the, the airlines don't get them till later after they've come out. Yeah, but you have, the, there's like a, a lead time and, oh, the you also, and they also made. they want to try to get the deal in place because then they already know what kind of numbers they've got when this comes and out especially and if so, they're worried if it sucks and it's not going to make anything yeah and it's like four months right so like i watch it and then i you know you it takes you you're booking uh movies like every two months so oh, okay. you're already six months out so they want to make sure they well, have did, it did you first of all is this is like post-college is this like or right out of high school or this is yeah that's post college it's out here and I this is and that's where the travel started this okay. feels like a really I'm like why am I talking about this again so when I was <laughs> no. in the fifth grade no, I did a project about airplanes but I, I, I <laughs> I've never talked to anybody who had a, like a hand in getting the movies on the airplane because I wonder it did never seem like a real job yeah and <laughs> also were you uh, giving notes on it's like oh we saw some bo- were you censoring were you say so it was it was two things that you know like the student Studios typically had a, a censored version because you know you get a you get a feel for you know what needs to be censored and it also depends on the movie because some directors are like no no it's not worth it to me I don't care um, but then we would get a movie and um, we would know the airline well enough whichever one that was that we were working with well enough to know this isn't going to fly with them or we would send them the screener sometimes they just trust us and sometimes they'd be like you know this really makes me uncomfortable can we get this taken out as well and then you have to go back and negotiate with the studio how much it's going to cost to edit and and if the director is going to be okay with it and we did we had Saudi Airlines for a while and that was oh. so it was like next to impossible <laughs> to get a movie for them because anything a hint of uh, Judaism in you it couldn't, yeah. you couldn't have anyone Woody, Allen, Woody Allen's out exactly no, it was, but it was really that bad you couldn't have women in tank tops women couldn't oh, be running um, we thought we had a, a perfect movie at one point I can't remember it was like a, a drama uh, it seemed like it had Annette Benning, but I don't remember now <laughs> but um, we were excited because we are like it ticks the boxes we can finally show maybe more than 30 minutes of a movie because <laughs> yeah, right. you have to edit it down so oh. much and then we took it to them and we're like we've got it and and Saudi came back and said but they're eating a ham sandwich in this scene and you're just <sighs> like oh my god why are you showing movies yeah, <laughs> just, no. like, just, just, just like just like stop give animation just, just give stop. them animation I think so yeah it, it was uh it was crazy so, so were you were you acting at that point already? No, it was just my dream like that was my dream my whole life right like that's all I ever wanted to do but without getting into a much deeper, darker story that we don't need to okay. get into today. It wasn't really in the cards for me uh, for a long time. So you started acting out here? Uh, I did, yeah. Wow. Okay. So when I was a kid, I would have people come to my house and... Um, I would perform in the backyard, and uh, I would I would either write the play myself. I was I as a, one does. I sure. will, I wore a lot of hats back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I would write the play myself, or I would get one from the library, and um, I would record all the music on it, and oh, then wow. I would I would like push the button and then come out and do stuff and then stop <laughs> it, and then I would also take the ticket. I would oh I hand drew all of the uh, programs for the play, um, and then I guess it was just like did you actually write me- <laughs> director. Like- Julie, <laughs> actor Julie. You didn't make like a phony playbill cover, did you? No, I did. Bill? Of course you did. I did. Yeah. Got to get did. that yellow marker. I did have. I did enlist my uncle at one point because he was a better artist, and he kind of drew some of the artwork for one of them. <laughs> and then I would stand at the gate in my backyard, and I would take 
It was either 25 cents or a stack of Pringles. I'm very food motivated. Sure. And uh, and that's how you'd get in to watch my shows. And then we had a walkout <laughs> basement so and a little brick patio. So it was perfect because I had like a little stage back there. And yeah, it was just always, always, always my dream. But I was never allowed to pursue it per my parents and things like that. So... Uh, well, I don't know where you grew up. I mean, we both came from... I'm from Illinois. Yeah. So, I mean, where I grew up, and maybe yours is probably the same, that anybody who said they wanted to be in show business, they looked at them like, a, you, that's not a job. And nobody does that. You, it's just, well, yeah, there's a really No, they're detached. hiring at the insurance company over. That's a real job. You, the, yeah, you'd be a real estate uh, agent. Yeah, going into the Go arts at all... be a cleaning lady. Going into the arts at all is is not in... We have no frame of reference yeah. in the middle of... I didn't know anybody who did it. I no. didn't know you could. No. Like, coming out here was the first time, and, and, and granted, when I started, I was in... When I was working for Beth out here in California, it was... Um, I was in Orange County. But L.A. suddenly was close, and all of a sudden, I remember... Um, I... Who was I? Somehow, I decided I, that I could take an acting class... Like that didn't even seem like something you could do. And then when you take the acting class and you look around and people are like, oh, I'm going out for a commercial audition. And I'm like, so there's a path. I mean, it's... You can do that? There's a, you know, I mean, it's still a really, really murky path even now. But you have assumed somebody just comes down from a mountain and, you know, and just just anoints people. Yeah, you got to be like a Hanks or a, you know, like somebody's kid. You have to know somebody. Like for me, who knows zero people coming from Podunk, Missouri, (laughs) like it's not an option, right? So coming out here, it suddenly started sounding like an option. And I was like, I could do this. <laughs> and uh, and it was just like a kind of a slow, like I'd go to work every day and then I would drive all the way up to North Hollywood and I would take an acting class and wow. then I'd drive all the way, two hours back home. Were you working out of uh, John Wayne Airport or LAX? Or? No, we worked in an office building. Oh, okay. Yeah, just an office industrial park, you know, oh, something yeah. super glamorous. How long before, how long did you have to keep the job? And did you, when you left, did you get any kind of flight benefits? <laughs> well, I lost my flight benefits when I left the airline and oh. I moved to uh, LA. That was, or Orange County. That was something I gave up. But frankly, I was making like, Five dollars an hour. Sweet, <laughs> right, right, just bucks. So, <laughs> you know, rolling in it out. Here. I think by the time I left, like, and I think at a certain point, I was making. Oh, and I was making seven dollars and fifty cents an hour. It was a union job, and um, but you had to pay to um take class to understand how to become a call center agent. So you had to do. Um, to, to work that it was called PARS and you, and before you could just go online and book your own ticket, you had to call in and have someone go click, 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 I remember click, those click, 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 click. I had to learn how to do extensive clicking and all of the airport codes and everything around the world and work the phones. I mean, there was a lot involved, oddly enough. And the, the school itself, it was called the, it was, I'll never forget it because it was TWTA, which is really easy to switch those letters around when you have a graduation cake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> T, uh, Trans World Travel Academy. Oh. And you had to go through that $3,000 worth that then they would then take out of your check every week out of your $7.50. So all this is to say that yeah, it was awesome that I was flying around for free. I couldn't afford anything once I got there. <laughs> well, do you remember some of the places you went? Like there was, 
Oh yeah. Was the, it all domestic or could you go no, the first the first international place I went was Madrid, Spain. That oh, was sweet. the first place I ever went internationally. Otherwise, yeah, it it was great fun, I have to say. I mean, I was living in my parents' basement because, you know, I couldn't afford to live right. on my own. But, and you had your own stage down there. Yeah, from I could what I and hear. then I could walk right out right. and perform. Stacks of Pringles. <laughs> Life was I, good. I had food. Yeah. <laughs> um but we uh, like I, it was fun because I could go to New Orleans for lunch. I mean, when you live in St. Louis and it's the hub, there were so many places that you could just hop on a plane. And back then, they didn't seem to overbook their flights the no. way it is now. Like I almost never, ever, ever got bumped off a flight. I'd go to Hawaii for the weekend all the time, and my mom would pay for the hotel because I would get yeah, the you get a free flight, you, and you get fifty percent off. You get the industry rate on the hotel. Oh, nice. And so we would get like the beachfront hotel, and you know, my mom only had to pay for two nights. So. Do you remember like half? filled flights remember those you yeah. you get on and there would be like hardly anybody on you're like what? hey can i s- stretch out over that whole road yeah go for it crazy right i was on a flight though where was i this year i was on a so one of the things that i do is i guess i get tons of miles because i fly like a hundred thousand miles a year right so I have all these miles and i use them for upgrades and i use them for family and i use them for those pesky little flights that once you land in like say Europe, and you still need to get somewhere, but right. it's on another airline. And if you buy you it take outright, with the airlines, <laughs> the airline. Yeah, <laughs> but it, and it, yeah, and it's like the the ticket is somehow like four hundred dollars, but you can get like a first class ticket for twenty five thousand miles. And so right. I'm like, I'm not paying for a ticket. So I got it on um, Turkish Air, and I was flying from Istanbul to Tbilisi, Georgia, and they don't do the you know they don't play like American carriers where if you're one of their frequent flyers, you get upgraded automatically. You buy a ticket or you don't get upgraded. End of story. There's yeah. no option. So like, I get on that plane and it's three in the morning because they all are three in the morning going into Tbilisi and there's no one in business class but me. And it's the weirdest thing because it's like <laughs> 20 seats and it's kind of dark and they have that screen. Like, I don't know if you've been on the planes where they have the screen where it, the camera is underneath the nose of the aircraft. Oh yeah. So yeah, you're yeah, walking yeah. and it, I feel like we're, I'm like, I'm, it's like a precision thing for when I'm going to drop a bomb. <laughs> right. I'm like, what? I don't want to see the ground underneath me like that. I like seeing <laughs> it sideways. Going, yeah. yeah. I don't know. But yeah, it's so weird when you're <laughs> and you're like, and there's three people, three cabin attendants and they're all asking you if you'd like, you know, like, can I feed you? <laughs> that only time that happened to me was when I was coming back from, Tanzania after I, I did Kilimanjaro. So I wanted to like treat myself. I cash in miles. I'm going to fly. I think it was just business, but still business or first or whatever it was. But it was Ethiopian Airlines. So I had to go from Zanzibar to Addis Ababa and then take that over to, I think, oh, was it? Oh, Nigeria. But the flight from Addis Ababa, I was the only one in business. I was the yeah. only one up there. <laughs> it's so but spooky. the coach packed. Yeah. Packed. And I felt like an asshole. Other than like yeah. bringing me, but I, you could have like either Ethiopian menu or a Western menu. And I'm like, give me the Ethiopian. Yeah, let's do and it. You know what? I'll have both. Yeah. And it's in the morning. And it's just, it was it was cool. But being the only one up there just seems weird. It is weird. And, and they're then just you hovering turn- over me and asking me if I want anything. Just like, and then like, you turn around chill. and you realize there really are 200 other people on the yeah. plane. <laughs> And they just hate me. Like, look at this white then, asshole up there. And then they do that thing where they where they stand in front of economy and they wait for you to leave first as a right. courtesy. And instead, you just have like three hundred angry faces. Like, get off the plane. Right. I always feel so bad. I'm like, look, just let people go. I'll I'll fit in. Well, I saw your site. Didn't you just go to Georgia? 
Uh, I did. Okay. And How many times have you been there? Uh, I, twice now. And I've never been. And why there? And why do you keep going back? And what do you like about it? Um, okay. Okay. I don't know if I can remember. I don't think we've ever covered we Georgia on this oh. show ever. No. It's not, All a right. big, it's not a big tourist spot. I mean, yet, 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 you're going to ruin it, aren't you? Uh, no, no. Oh, God, no. That's a big thing. I'm scared. Like, this is one of the reasons it's I the keep... new Iceland. Oh, God. <laughs> and I, I know I went to Iceland, too. I'm like, God, no, don't go. No, I mean, go, obviously, sure. but, you know, but yeah, it, it, well, over tourism is such a, a thing that I'm concerned about. And so on the one hand, it's great because, you know, you can kind of funnel people over to someplace that is not just over touristed on the other part like where does the responsibility where's the line how much influence do you really have when you start putting all of this these photos up and writing about it and you st- people start going there do you, you know how responsible are you for ruining the next destination right. i don't know um because places like i mean croatia things like that have been found out yeah so georgia is off the beaten path. yeah like, i'm going to romania i still haven't been but more people have gone there and they do they shoot a lot of movies there yeah in they romania do. as well they do. but um Georgia, you never hear about. And so I know it was a former Soviet yes. uh, country. Um, I don't know. How is their tourist infrastructure? And Well, okay. So I'll take it. I, and I, I feel like we have this other tab open about how did the blog get started. But, you know, we oh, can we, always we, circle back oh, to sorry. it. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, just... I, no, let's talk about Georgia. And maybe it'll naturally yeah. all come together We got somehow. lost on your TWA nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> the airline. Uh, I'm sorry. The airline. The airline. <laughs> The one airline. <laughs> um, so back in... Uh, okay, let's, yeah, let's go back to starting the blog and then we'll get to Georgia. Back in 1986. <sighs> no, 80s. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, so here, let, well, uh, let's, ba- let's back up to before the blog. So as an actor, um, I... Okay, so I'm a weird kid, right? And I uh, was obsessed with Russia. I don't... I still can't tell you exactly why. But in like seventh grade, I would carry around a Berlitz Cyrillic book. I taught myself to read Cyrillic. I was just obsessed with Russia. And I knew I needed to get there, which is a weird thing for a little kid in the Midwest who doesn't know any Russians. Especially at a time like Cold War time, then they were our big enemy. Yeah. Yeah. No, nobody. still are. (laughs) Oh, no. We're all friends now. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Anyway. So I just knew I needed, I was obsessed with the art and the beauty and and the things that I saw like Boryzhnikov and there was, and something else that was completely unexplainable, inexplicable. Inexplicable. Yeah. I don't know why I said unexplainable. That's we'll okay. edit that out. I think they both yeah. work. <laughs> so so was uh, it, it must have been something about, uh, I don't know, are you into history? Like, so much. Okay, I love history. Huge... I love, well, see, I'm very much a historical culture. This is the kind of traveler I am. But anyway, to try to make this long story not as long, um, I went to acting school in Moscow and I studied with the Moscow Art Theater. And so I went to Moscow to do it because I'm nothing if not a perfectionist. <laughs> but, and, and it was, I, you know, that, that feeling, have you been to Moscow? No. That feeling of standing in red square. And it was, uh, you know, I got there, I want to say like January the 2nd, which their new year is a couple days after ours. It's on like January the 3rd or something. And I remember standing there and it's, it, it, I mean, it, Freezing. It, it was cold, but it wasn't <laughs> as bitter as you would have thought. Okay. And, you know, the sun goes down by 3.30. But I remember standing there and it's evening or, I don't know, five o'clock, one of the two, but it's dark. And the, all of the St. Basil's is lit up and the red stars on the Kremlin and the snow is gently falling. I about like burst into tears. It was like, I can't believe this, you know, girl from Missouri, from this podunk, you know, mm-hmm. like 
I actually did this. Like I got here. I didn't even realize I was going to get here and somehow I got here. Um, during that trip, I, my husband, Seamus, who we were together, but we weren't married and he had uh, studied with the Moscow Art Theater. Oh and gosh. so the connection was that, you know, he's like, I was like, I really want to be a better actor and I want to study like from the horse's mouth. And he's like, well, you know, I studied with at Stanislavski's yeah. students like how much check off did you do there oh so much it was <laughs> yeah. so great right but like so he was like look i'd already lived in moscow and he's like you got to try this georgian restaurant and i was like i don't even know what that means like atlanta like yeah. why do they have that yeah. but, <laughs> deep fried what <laughs> they actually do have a restaurant like that and they wear denim shirts and no. ribbon oh it's so bad anyway That's our gift to the world there sorry world mm-hmm. and um so i got to this georgian restaurant and it blew my mind. Like the food was so good. I was like, I didn't even understand what was happening. It's like this incredible like cross of like Asian and Eastern European and just really uh, vibrant vegetables. And, you know, I haven't eaten meat. I can't remember 2002. Like I don't, I don't eat meat. So being a vegetarian in places like Russia can present a challenge, but how many potatoes can you eat? So not so many really (laughs) turns out. Um, and in Georgian cuisine, they have, uh, it's an agricultural country. And so so many (laughs) beautiful green and purple and red and, ah, and I just, uh, like, I couldn't believe how good it was. So I thought in my head, where you do most of your thinking, I will go to this country and eat their food one day. How long were you in Moscow? So I was in Moscow for the winter, about like a month and a half, like January. Oh, okay. And then I went back in 2008 and I lived in St. Petersburg because I hadn't had enough. There was something about this hold that Russia still had on me. Um, and so I went back and I studied the language. And I lived there during white nights, which is a glorious time to be in St. Petersburg because first off, it's already beautiful, but now like the sun is shining at midnight, you know, and there's hot air balloons and you're wearing sunglasses and you're like, is this real life? Right. And Gregory Hines and uh, Brishnikov are dancing oh through the God, whole thing. They are. In my mind, they always are. <laughs> you know, that's uh, where my brain went as soon as yeah. you said White Nights. Are I was like, oh, I know the movie. I know it well. <laughs> um, and of course, as I went back and I ate it every Georgian restaurant I could. In 2008, there was a conflict between the two countries. This was the last big, really ugly war. And there's quite a few monuments in Tbilisi. There was a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of people that were lost. And and it still has a, you know, it's still very sad. There's still a lot of people there that, you know, they're so close. It was only 10 years ago that lost yeah. fathers and uncles. And uh, it's brutal and, and unfortunate. But... um I didn't know when and I didn't know how, but I knew I was going to go to Georgia. And then in 2015, I started the blog. um, And that was because I'd been traveling so much for so long and everybody's always asking for recommendations. And and it just seemed way easier to, you know, point someone to an article that I'd written with with information than, well, see that tweet I did in 2012, (laughs) uh, you know. So I started and I like writing and I love photography. And so I, I created it and I went to a conference. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, the World Travel Market in London. It's every November in London. No, okay. And I went there kind of not having a clue. Like my, I just started my blog months before and I'm just walking around like, hi, hey. I'm going to work with all these countries. I'm in show business. <laughs> I have a blog. Here's my checkoff. And it was really weird because I was really high pitched like this the whole time. <laughs> I work for Pringles. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, 
I, I I went through and I kind of picked all the countries I wanted to talk to about creating some sort of partnership or coverage or something along those lines. And I, and I uh, set up a meeting with a, a woman by the name of Sarah who ran a company called Taste Georgia. And I was, that was like the one I was most excited about. And she's uh, an expat. She's from San Diego. She lives in Rome. And she, at that point, had been doing, she was a, new, a relatively new uh, company doing uh, food and wine tours in the country of Georgia because she too felt very... Uh, possessed of this country, right? And so we kept in touch and just kept in touch. And I was like, I was not going to let this go. <laughs> and she, uh, we just really hit it off in and, and, uh, 2017. So it's about 2016. She's like, I think I've got a press trip that, uh, you know, that we're putting together. It's mostly for wine professionals because she's a sommelier. And, and it was most, it was almost all Psalms except for myself and another uh, food travel blogger from the Philippines. And the the country of Georgia brought me over and I worked with the National Wine Agency and they took us around for two weeks. And I have to say, like, it was, it was everything I thought it would be, but so, so much more. I was just like, this place is a dream. And I loved it so much. And I shared so much on my Instagram and Facebook and Twitter um, while I was doing it that I could tell other people were getting really like, fascinated and excited like what is this why I had never even heard of it or I never even thought about it and then I and I thought to myself you know what I want to be one of the people who starts bringing people here like this means so much to me and cultural tourism means so much to me that the things that I experience being in people's homes meeting winemakers being out in these rustic places you know like I want to be able to share that with people who have the same fascination so I went back this year in April, and I drove around with Sarah um, and our guy, our tour guide, who's going to be managing it on the ground there. And we drove around for almost a month and crisscrossed that whole country. And I picked everything that I was put on my tour. And so now I have a tour to Georgia. When does that leave? So the first one... I don't know when this is coming out. Probably not till December. So uh, the first one leaves May 2019. Oh, it's sold out in three hours. Oh. Yeah. Well, how many people are there? Twelve. Well, yeah, I'm keeping it small because I I want everyone to have a really intimate experience. I don't want anyone to feel lost. I'm kind of an on-tour person. I was never much for tours. I'm very independent. So, I, you know, unless this becomes something that I can scale and people still can feel that intimate, you know, like they're really in a country. I don't want everyone to follow the umbrella or be on a big coach, right? right. So I keep Who, it small. Who's the typical, um, I want to say customer? Or, uh, well, this time around, it's all women. Ah. This is kind of exciting. Oh, yeah, I didn't uh, know if it was couples or... I just, uh, you know, there was no, there, there was never any, this is the kind of people that I'm looking for. It was just, who did it speak to? You know, like I, I created like this really awesome trailer, like this video of like, this is what George is like and the dancing and the singing and the food and the wine. And who did that speak to? And, you know, I opened it up, uh, I think like on a Friday morning and it was sold out in three hours. Oh it gosh. was just, yeah. Twelve so. women going around Georgia. Yeah, I smell and- sitcom. <laughs> uh, so, how big of a country is this? I mean, if you had to compare it to say a state or something like that. Yeah, um, I, I, like I Arizona size. I don't know. No, it's not even Rhode that Island? large. It's not. It's it's relatively small. And I've had the um, stats before in terms of like how many people are in the country, and that stuff never stays in my head. But if I was going to compare it to a state, I would say maybe like Oregon or Georgia. 
<laughs> I think George is Close. bigger. No, it's bigger. George is pretty big. Yeah. Bigger than most people think. But, but if you... Um, right. if I you, mean, like, so it's, it's doable in a week. Oh, totally. Okay. Well, it's 10 days and the highlights are definitely doable. Okay. I mean, I've been there for almost like, you know, I've been there twice for what, five, six weeks now and there's still so much. But, you right. know, yeah, there's absolutely... And I did have to like not put everything in. Of course. Um, but I'm going back in May and I'm going to go do a little bit more scouting. And finally, um, um, sorry, <laughs> I'm going to do a little bit more scouting and then I'm going to see if there's anything else that I would add. If I would add Armenia at the end, if I would, you know, what, how, how to move forward from this. Because there's also, there's so many people on the wait list. We also started right. a wait list and there's so many people on it that I realize I should probably talk to, you know, everyone on the list and go, okay. Well, being number in, two? in uh, not being in show business, have you thought about maybe turning this into some kind of a show or <sighs> shooting this as a series? Or you know, I don't know. I don't know. Here's the here's the rub for me and the show because I did a show across Europe in July. Uh, I did a what face. Was that it was called From A to C with Nowhere to Be, and it was super great fun. It was myself and uh, my best friend Rachel, who is also an actress. She was just on Shameless, by the way. Oh. Uh, she's great fun. And she and I have an awesome chemistry. And so we decided to take on the um, challenge of letting our audience tell us where to go every day. So we, we did it on Facebook Live. because <laughs> <To hell! laughs> Fortunately, our audience is much nah. nicer. Um, Wait a minute. So you you would go on the night before and look. So we had a show every single day at six p.m. Central European time, which is nine a.m. in California, and we would tell everybody where we ended up. And so we start we started in Slovenia, and we would cut. We'd ha we had to narrow it down. Like you have to have some kind of parameter, or there's no way to even tabulate it. So we would usually have like three options, or maybe it was two. So for. Um, for the first night, it was like, okay, where do you want us to go tomorrow? Austria or Hungary? And so Austria won. And so the night before, you get, you know, you get the, you the find train the train, yeah, you sure. figure it out, you hope for the best, you show up, and then, uh, then it's like, okay, so tomorrow, do we do um, Slovakia? Uh, we, I think I had, I had three for that one. It was Prague, Ostrava, or Bratislava. And Prague won. So then the next day, it's like. And and the interesting thing happened by the time we got to Prague, I've I haven't been to Europe in July before, for a reason. Oh, it's all touristy. For a reason, right? Yeah. Like, and then I, you know, I'm like, well, how bad can it be? Oh, Prague is. Oh my god! Even in the off season, it's. Oh crowded. my god! I was like this, and the, and again, this is the over tourism rearing its head. Where I realized I don't want to contribute to this. This is there was several things that happened on that trip where it really kind of hit. For me, that this is, you know, I want to, so many things to think about, you know. when you go, maybe we shouldn't leave this up to the general public. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> well, we, no, no, we, maybe as uh, <laughs> travel experts, maybe we should choose our own itinerary. Well, no, I love, I, <laughs> you know what, I've been, the thing is, I've been to so much of the continent that I like the idea of someone telling me where yeah. to go last minute because it was more of a challenge, you know, like some of sure. the places I've already been to three and four times. So it was great. And so... It was great to have someone else tell me and me figure out how to get there and where to stay. And then once we got to Prague, and, and part of that was Rachel had never been and she wanted to go so bad. So I was like, of course we'll do it. And then I, I was mean, like, Prague is beautiful. You it's see it. It if is you super seen beautiful. It, but you have I wouldn't to. recommend anybody going in no. July and August. Oh, God, no. But 
then I was like, I'm done with this. We're going, we're not going to any more big cities. Cause I think, you know, we were going to have Berlin in the mix and maybe Warsaw. And, and again, I've been to both of those. So I was like, I wanted to see something different, but I was also like, no more cities. We're done. And I said, we're going to have people pick between Germany and Poland. And I kind of am hoping for Poland because I really want to see some other places there. But if they pick Germany, we're going to the Black Forest and we're just going to figure it out. And they picked Germany. And uh, it was fun because finally we just showed up somewhere that neither of us had been. And we had no idea what was there. We had to really use our skills to figure out. Because, you know, when you've already been, you're like, well, I'm going to take you here. I'm going to take you here. You're going to see right. this. We ended up in Baden-Baden. Oh, we wow. had no idea what to do there, and we were like, "Oh, I wonder what is there to do there? Is it like a well, spa? It's, a yeah, it's, it's, there, a, yeah, it's a spa town. Yeah, yeah. And I and and at first we we're like, "What do we do here?" And I was like, "Oh, maybe this was a bad choice." That's where like James Bond goes to rehab. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what? I, we wound up there, and we I ate at one of the best restaurants we'd eaten at in the entire time we were there. They made me a lobster pasta inside of a Parmesan wheel. What? Come oh, on. Wait a minute. Um, you inside? know, they take that, tor- yeah, yes. the hollowed out, like, Reggiano wheel. How big was this? <laughs> uh, well, for those of you at home that can't see it, yeah, let's see. It's like the it's size like of a... Oversized of a... basketball, maybe? Yeah. No. But a wheel, like a... And okay. then they hollow it out. It wasn't one of the big like wheels. Like a bike tire size. Yeah. Sort of, but a, yeah. <laughs> a child's bike tire. Child's bike, yes. And they, they have a torch on it, so it gets all melty. Then they poured the pasta that's already Sounds been made. Amazing. Oh, my God. It was so good. For a then, wellness retreat. Oh I don't know if that's uh, healthy for the wellness. We weren't there for wellness. Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but then the next day, we went to the TI, which is always, you know, like, when in doubt, go to the tourist information stand, right? And we had this woman. She was so enthusiastic about her town she gave us so much to do we realized suddenly we had to start compromising like we we had far more than we expected we don't you know we could take a bus all the way up to this there's a i forgot what it was called there's a lake up there it's called like a not a dark lake a dead lake uh, something where it's not there's no fresh water it's water that's melted from a glacier thousands of years ago and it's and it's one of the biggest or something like that she's like you have to go see it and we we wound up not being able to, but you know, because of the bus schedules, but then we did a forest, like a hike into the black forest a little bit. And, I mean, it was just, and then we went to the spot, which is naked and co-ed. Go on. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> and it's funny because the people, different people who mentioned it to us that, you know, I did start putting my feelers out. Hey, have you been to Baden Baden? Have you been like, you know, I actually wrote to someone whose last name was Baden. I guess <laughs> it's Steve she, Baden. Have you been there? I, Obviously. <laughs> My friend, his wife, who I was, she's like, oh, his name is Bot and his doesn't, has never been there. And I was like, I thought so, but he's German. Does it count? What do you do there? And she was like, you go to the, you go to the naked spa. She's like, but it is co-ed. And um, she's like, but you'll totally forget about it. And then um, somebody else was like, yeah, do that. You'll totally forget you're naked. I never forgot that I was naked. <laughs> like All never. of a sudden, St. Louis rears its ugly head. It was, you know, at first we were like, should we, should we go to the, maybe we'll go to the swimsuit spa. And they were like, you know what? Let's go to let's the see, If you're going to do it, just do it, go do all it. the way. Yeah. And fortunately, it was a Thursday. So apparently, like Thursdays, they separate it and like men are on one side and women are on the other. And then there's a big pool in the center. So it's like you do have one intermingling point. But so it was a little bit better because I just don't want to think about that when I'm doing hot cold and all this stuff. Like it just, I don't know. But it was, I have to say, it Germans was, love getting naked outside. Boy. They do. They love it. They do. All around the world. Yes. You ever see some naked person? They're like, I bet they're the Germans. Yep. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, it is. I asked Germans. someone about there. I was like, what is it? I, they go, I don't know. 
Uh, they, nobody could give me an explanation of why they just they they really have... embraced it. I read something online about why it was maybe like a post-war thing or just kind of like freeing. I, yeah, know, it's they they have no issues. It all. Yeah, but, but I do. Have are, to say... Do we have the issues, or you know? I mean, there's a reason the Puritans were kicked out of every country yeah. in Europe. We're a pretty uptight country about a lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Oh, we are still. We haven't evolved that much. Yeah. <laughs> so how how much influence do you think you've had, and already in bringing people over, and where do you see it going in for just for Georgia? I mean. Well, in terms of influence, it's a funny thing to measure, and it's something that you know, like when you're at uh, when you're meeting a destination or a brand, and they're like, "Well, what's the ROI? What's the return on my investment if we work mm-hmm. with you?" And it's a really hard question to answer. I mean, you know, a, a, a travel and leisure can say, "Well, this is how many people are going to read it," but they can't guarantee it. They can't guarantee who's going to buy it. You know, and right. and you find that you know, somebody like myself is very often at the beginning of the sales funnel. Like maybe that was the first time you ever heard of Baden Baden, but now. You're going to see a picture of it, and then you're going to go to Germany, oh, and then you're going to think, somewhere. "Oh, I'll go." You know, so it's. Yeah. But how do you skip that stone all the way backwards to me? So it's 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 a hard thing to prove. However, I did just get a message from somebody because I was in Slovenia, which I am in love with. It's <laughs> probably might be one of the next tours where I take my readers. Um, and they said I saw your pictures, and I and I and I decided to go to Slovenia, and then I went to Lake Bled, and it was beautiful. Thank you for posting say about Lake that, Bled, which is right near Croatia, yeah, right next door. Yeah, but so then you 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 do get messages back where someone says I saw the work that you did, and it inspired me to go there, and I went there and I loved it, and that means so much because I, I feel like sometimes being a travel blogger, especially, has this. Um, air of you're maybe you're just trying to get free travel or maybe you're uh, narcissistic and you just want to be in all your photos and you know and, and oh, we have show business for that yeah <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> but you know what it, it is hard. I, I, I would think i would be disingenuous in saying that i don't feel that way sometimes when i see other people you know you you do see some you you try to it's so judgmental to even think this way but you kind of really have to get down to why am i doing it Am I am I just taking all the free trips, or am I doing? Am I going these places because I want I want to affect someone? And is it just to inspire someone? Is that enough, or is it to go another level and be like, I want you to I want you to understand this culture, so that when you go back home, when you bring it back, you know that like hero's journey, when you bring it back to the tribe, like how has this changed your life? How has this made you a better person? How has this broadened you up and that just seems like really I don't know maybe that sounds all philosophical and and I don't know but it just like that's what travel means to me is that I because I make friends everywhere I go and I and I just maybe it's the actor part where you want to pick up like what what is the Russian you know how do they think like it helps you do Chekhov better right because you get it (laughs) like you get this like why are they so sad because make being sad makes us happy you know and it's like once you get into the psyche you can just deal with one another better you can once you understand a culture you can it just opens up how we behave on this planet because we have to share it, right? So I feel like I just went on some crazy left turn. You can edit all of that out. (laughs) But what I'm saying is for me, it means so much for someone to go somewhere and experience it. And if I have a hand in influencing that, it it sends me over the moon. That's why I do it. It's the whole reason I do it. So forgive my ignorance on Georgia, but is there a uh, specific Georgian language or are they speaking Russian for the most part or is there a dialect that they different no that's a great question it's um I've learned so much since I've been going there and uh I did initially think that they spoke Russian because as a former Soviet state they they had to learn it I mean when I went to Mongolia there's Cyrillic everywhere right like everybody spoke Russian and read Cyrillic um but 
at this point in Georgia's history, there, there's a Georgian language, and they've always, they're very, um, this is a country that has a great de- deal of pride in who they are as Georgians, and they are very different from Russians, and that's a distinction that you might not make unless you've lived in both countries or you understand these personalities, but they are very different, and their language is, they've never left it, they've never dropped it, but anyone who is, say, over 35 speaks Georgian and Russian, and anyone that's under 35 speaks Georgian and English. Yeah, I was going to so, say, usually young people have the English. I mean, yeah. so was it easy getting around for the most part? Oh, it's part, totally or? easy to get okay. around. It's, it's, and you know, Tbilisi is just, it's a gorgeous city. It's just so eclectic, and it's, you know, it's got, like, it was built up a lot by the Germans in the 1880s, so it's got just some really beautiful classical buildings, and then it's got a lot of Art new but then it also has this um, being at this crossroads where the you know off, offshoot from the Silk Road it's got you know an Iranian influence and then it's got the Georgian like the flirtatious little uh, balconies with all the flourish and then you've got a mosque and then you've got you know like it's just it, it, it really almost has a um, you know a little bit of schizophrenia <laughs> you're like who am I who am? but it's it, I think it's just taken the best of so many things and it's just kind of refuses to be defined so pretty safe and easy to get around totally safe totally safe um it's uh, I think the infrastructure itself is something they're starting to pick up on they're like oh hey people want to come here well oh, maybe, you know maybe we this is maybe we should build start. an actual real road yeah and maybe that's, that's one of the reasons that <laughs> um, those potholes that have been there for a hundred years <laughs> but it, you know and that's one of the reasons that I also want to take people for several reasons one is that um outside of tbilisi which you i mean it's a super walkable city and so it's and it's really safe so it's very easy to walk around and it's also pretty easy to get taxis um but if you and it does have a metro but if you want to get outside the city it is not simple it is not easy even for a tourist like the train system's not that there. There isn't length. really. Oh. There's well, there. I don't mean to mislead you. There is a train system to a couple cities. Like there's one out to Batumi, which is a city that our tour is going to go out to, which is on the Black Sea, and beautiful, beautiful kind of Gothic city. Um, there's a train to a couple of places, but it's not extensive. It's not really something that is that can take you just anywhere. Because I mean, if you're going to go to Georgia, you're going to go to the Caucasus, to the mountains, and um, that's also you really kind of need a private driver for that you know so is that like a bus system or not they have something um it's called the uh oh i'm gonna mispronounce it uh uber it's called uber (laughs) um no (laughs) it's like a a mashutra um i i'm not reading it so i'm i'm transposing where the letters go um so you can get these kind of like homey bus systems right where maybe it's going at this time and maybe you can pick it up but maybe all you know all the grandmas with their roasts and their laps are going to already be there (laughs) and it's doable but it's not there's nothing simple about any of it um and so if you're a real adventurer sure you know you might have fun on it but um i want to make the journey not focusing on the hardships of the chat of the travel and make it very easy and just get us to winemakers homes okay. and you know different people's so residences in terms of the tour how high level of uh luxury should we say i mean yeah it's um, staying in hotels mostly yeah and, yeah okay. um the thing about georgia is it's, it's it can be pretty rustic um, having said <laughs> That's that, a loaded word. Rustic. <laughs> By rustic, do you mean running water or none? You know, it depends. Or a bucket. With um, a- no, it um, it just there's some places that you can't miss, but they're not going to have 
necessarily a hotel that you're familiar with. Having said that, um, I'm making sure everywhere we go that we have, I would say, maybe four-star hotels. So we're not staying at like a Ritz-Carlton, but Tbilisi especially has got some new, like really chic, really design, like gorgeous rooftop bars. Like So you're getting you're getting some of that when you're in the city. And then when we move out to the mountains, you're kind of in an old sort of, you know, it's still like it's pretty and it's there, you know, it, it's really cool. It's, it's got that sense of place. You feel like you're in the mountains, but it's not going to be, it's not right. going to, you're going to have your own bathroom, but so, okay, good. <laughs> you know, so but what kind of um, prices would you say it is like going around? It's like, Going out to dinner at a typical well, it's restaurant, funny because or how much does a beer cost? That's how I judge prices. Right, most um, one beer. I feel like beers are about five dollars. It's it's That's surprising. A lot for a, yeah, because I think That's a lot more of, than I thought it would be. Yeah, I think people expect Georgia to be a very inexpensive place. Yes, um, but if it's, it's not touristy. You kind of assume that it's right. It's not. Their economy is doing quite well, and they're quite built up. It's if you go again, if you go to like Tbilisi or Batumi, some of these cities, they're as modern as you can get. Right, so they're. They have a lot of tourism. It's mostly Russians. Yeah. Um, Europeans are catching on, and they um, they're not they're not bad business people. What, <laughs> What's their big industry? Do they have oil? Wine. There? They oh. wine is their one of their biggest. I mean, how it, is the wine? Amazing. Is it, it better? Is, the reds or whites or oof. is there a certain um, kind of grape no, that all, they're known for? Well, it's a really interesting thing because Georgia um, has. They often say that they have an 8,000-year-old unbroken chain of winemaking, that they have evidence 8,000 years back that wine was made in this region. And so this is a source of pride for them. But up until maybe 20 years ago, everyone was just making wine at home. You just went to the store and you got grapes, and then, you know, you put it in a plastic jug and you had it. And it but I think they started after the collapse of the Soviet Union and the quote-unquote people's wine um, – winemakers started to really kind of rekindle this love of making making wine like as an artisan would. And so a lot of their wine, um, you know, there were people that were sort of convinced to go the New World way and start making it in steel tanks and barrels and, and you know, and planting French grapes and there's Cabernet and things that you're familiar with. But to me, I think if you want to feel like you're really in Georgia, you drink Georgian wine. And when I say that, I mean... Georgian grapes and those grapes are funky and fascinating and old <laughs> and amazing and um, often they're fermented in big clay pots I, I have um, actually one of the stories I wrote last year about Georgia that uh, won a, a gold medal uh, was all about how they make these clay pots and you know, so if you're interested you can read that on my website and they make these clay pots by hand and bury them in the ground up to their necks and fill it with grapes Um the reds are great. The whites are great. Um, my favorite is orange, the orange wine. And it's, orange wine? Yeah. It's, so oof. this is not a rosé? It is not a rosé, but it's a white wine that's made in the style of a red wine, so it's left on the skins for several days to weeks. Um, and when it, it turns orange, it's, it's tannic um, because it's been with the skin for a while. It gets those tannins from the skins, but it is, um, it's just delicious. It takes, the first time you try it, you might be like, whoo! what is this? <laughs> and you might, you may or may not be tempted to push through, but I promise you, if you, because uh, the, the first time I went, I went with 10 sommeliers, right? And they're immediately, they're oh, like, they're like, oh, this smells like desiccated fruit and apricot and, and mm -hmm. you know, and you're like, I get a hint of wood with chocolate. Yeah, and, uh, they were, but they were, and I was, but I was learning from them and to me, it was so fascinating and I was like, oh, I do smell these things or taste these things and, 
And I, I'm beginning to understand and appreciate this wine. And I swear by like the third or fourth orange wine, like it's my favorite now. Like I'm addicted to it. I'm like, get me the orange wine. Where you is it? Can you, you can't get it. Do you have to ship it out here? Well, I I have a, a wine a suitcase. Got a I got a guy. Mm-hmm. I got a wine suitcase. It's got like 12 spots that I take and I can fill up. But uh, I recently found out that I think K&L here in Los Angeles does carry a couple of some of the winemakers that I've met that I... I'm friends with on Facebook, so we're like friends now. Is right? there a specific <laughs> Georgian wine trail or something like? There's people can not. Go do? No, there's not really. But like a um, Napa? um, the kind of the the known region, um, and there's regions all over Georgia, but the one that it's kind of known for some of its best wines is a, is a region called Kaheti. And so again, that's the thing. It's not like, you know, like my husband and I have done wine trials all over the world. You just rent a car and you get the little brochure and you just stop in. Yes, it's, and you drunk drive. Yeah, that's the way it works. Wait. <laughs> hey, what the? Um, but it's not like that there. It, it's, you really kind of. You have to seek them out. You have to seek them out. You have to make an appointment. And again, the, the Georgians are, are kind of hip to it now. It's surprising how much a, like a wine tasting and a lunch be like $80 a person. Wow. Yeah. there it, It's not. They're not like, oh, we don't know anything about commerce. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. on, we are just small country. We, we don't... don't know. That will be $100, my friend. Yes. <laughs> uh, so give me one mistake you've ever made uh, going through Georgia. Like whether it's a language mistake, any run-ins with police or local authorities, or did you say something in the wrong way, or did you go somewhere by accident? Jeez, you know it's so funny because I like I try to write down stuff when I when I mess up, um, but I'm so perfect. Yeah, that, oh God, no, um, got to be. I know so what dull. I like. I did. I even have a list here of like funny things that have happened to me while I travel. But I find well, let's get to those. No, <laughs> but I find in 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 Georgia, I no, let's get off of Georgia. We've we've yeah. given Georgia a lot of press. Yeah. Um, give me one of your give me a couple of your favorite travel mishaps um let's see what do i have what what do i any have run, any uh food poisoning any um uh, lost luggage i well i did get chicken pox in austria chicken pox right i don't hear that one that much yeah in austria one of yeah. the cleanest countries well actually probably <laughs> just right up the they street they have vaccine up in there i no i actually think i, I it, man, it started manifesting itself in dachau and i thought it was like Dachau, like the bad juju of Dachau, because I started getting all these welts oh all god. over my skin, and I was like, "Oh my god, what's happening? I'm melting." The ghosts of Dachau. I know. I was like, "What is this?" And uh, but I was like, "No, I'm fine. I'm I'm, I'm kind of glad that as an adult getting chickenpox, I wasn't home because once I finally did tell my mom what was happening, she's like, "Well, you're going to die." And oh so, but god. you know, if I wasn't, thanks for the comforting words, right? Mom. But since I was powering through and I didn't realize what I had until I got to Austria, and then I was just covered with all these pus. Pustules. They like, let you on the plane like that? I wore or a long the, sleeve shirt. Oh. <laughs> it was so bad. The disease oh, all God. Through it? Spreading it. I'm like patient zero. I, I never had it. How did it, did it lay you out? Is it like a. You massive know what? Flu? I wasn't like, as. Yeah, it, I wasn't as sick as I thought you would be. It was just uncomfortable. I mean, I had, I had pustules inside my mouth, uh, in my ear, on my head, bottom of my foot. Like it was. Sexy. It was hot. It was hot. Nice. We're going to see photos of that. I actually do have photos, and I almost put one of them up on... um, By the time we got to a little town called Hallstatt in Austria, which is one of the most idyllic places that you've ever seen. It's ludicrous. You're like, this isn't real. And... um, Like, uh, not gone with the wind. (laughs) (laughs) Sound of music. My God. Yeah. Oh, because that was the thing. You know, like gone with the wind. You know, the the burning in the Civil War, that one. Yeah, sure. I remember. Yeah, oh, totally. Crosses over easily. Um. 
Yeah, I well actually by the time when I was in like uh, Salzburg, I wanted to do the whole sixteen going on seventeen. I was so I'm like I can't. Man. <laughs> um, These are a few of my favorite things. But I wrote a whole story about how getting chicken pox and and how I kind of had to like go to the pharmacy and mime it all and and I um I remember like as I was putting it, I have one picture and it's like my back. I'm sitting cross legged and I had my husband take it and like and he had to put calamine on every oh. single little you know spot and i was like should i put this he goes no nobody wants to see this level of disgusting <laughs> like open sores and i'm like but it's real man yeah. he's like no it's disgusting this is between us yeah what okay give me another one okay let's see um oh that one's funny i don't know if i'm ready for that one yet what uh, <laughs> just the netherlands peep show what? have you ever, have you you've been to the red light oh, sure. district yeah, yeah. amsterdam uh, yeah you have of course. to right my story i have oh uh, go ahead uh, no no here. go ahead no well i mean this was my after college backpacking for six weeks around europe you know and that was with like three other dudes from college and you're there it was like well with this is pre-internet we just couldn't see live porn whenever we wanted yeah and we were in amsterdam it just seemed crazy and people in this age of buying weed anywhere you want now in america and have it being legal back then i mean yeah to be smoking weed in public was crazy, was crazy. and so you know there's all these live sex shows we got to go but we have no money right so right. they see three young dudes or four of us and they're like you know they're on us they're on us and we're like you know really aggressive and trying to get us hey my friend come in and you know and you know hot sexy girl out live sex but <laughs> and we're just like, okay, we went through. And then we were on a corner and there was some guy who was kind of, we didn't, you know, there was a lot. And we're like, oh, let's, if we go back, let's not get any of those guys. So there was a girl around the corner who was kind of mellow and just like, yeah, yeah, come on. So we paid him and we didn't have any money. So we gave him most of what we had. And he walks us back around to the the first guy who was because he's on both sides. Yeah, yeah, they're hustling in from both, and we're like, ah. And now we can't get our money back, we, uh, so we got to sit in and watch the most boring sex. I don't was know. Was it a sex show? Was it like <laughs> they were doing it? But I don't know if they were. You know, yeah. it was just hidden enough. I'm not gonna get too it's, graphic yeah. in there, but from the angle we were at, uh, it looked it looked more like uh, Showtime, late at night, softcore. It's yeah, but uh, they were almost like miming it. I mean, they didn't have your checkoff skills. Is no, what I'm saying. No, it was. <laughs> but, but if you can bore three horny 21 year old dudes at a live it's sex crazy, show, right? that's a bad sex show. That's yeah. Bad. So we we walked out of there just feeling nah, that wasn't. And working. and now you I'm don't have we any did money. It. Yeah, and now we're broke. But then. It's good to say you did it, but in practice, it wasn't. You cool. know, it's sixty euro now what? per person and you to know watch that other people have sex. You went because I was just there. Okay, and now, Amsterdam is one of my favorite cities in the world, is and it? I I love it. I want to live there. I love it so much, and maybe that's colored by the fact that I have uh, very good friends who live there, and uh, they live in the Jordan, and oh, they're Dutch. Got, I mean, they got locals to show you the good place, and we stay with them. Of so course. they're always like, "You're not a tourist. You're uh, you're a guest," which you know yeah. makes you feel really awesome. But the well, truth is, you're a tourist. Yeah, you're seeing it on a different level though than but I ever did. Yeah, and so I think that's why I don't have a there. There's no disconnect for me in Amsterdam. When I get there, I feel like I live there already because I know where everything is. I walk to to all the places I want to go, and when you know, then I we go out at night to all the little neighborhood places, and then. You know, that, that's right. something else I'm going to write about, but I write about why I will never write about Amsterdam because yeah. uh, it's over-touristed to a heartbreaking yeah, point right now. Packs of young dudes throwing up and, in an alley. It's and, you like, know, people live there. 
You are a oh, guest in someone else's home. This and it just infuriates me. So you know, I, I used to pride myself on ferreting out all of these little local places and then sharing it because you get such a deep experience. But I, I, I can't, in good conscience share some of these places anymore because it's not fair to the locals to constantly have, you know, just a rash of tourists that don't know how to behave. Yeah. You know, and that's... And it drives prices up for them. Yeah, it's not fair. So, like, yeah, I know where there's some, some amazing restaurants and bars in Amsterdam that are so local, and I won't tell people because... You know, I watch their neighborhood just be parceled off to the point where it's not livable, and that's just not fair, yeah. you know? But every okay. time I do go... Your sex show. Tell me Every about time I do go, <laughs> my good friend Rob, who born and raised Amsterdammer, um, Dutch guy, he gets the biggest kick in the world out of seeing people enjoy his city. And so I just, okay. I dearly love him. And uh, we've been there four times now. Um, and he... he takes us this is the first time the first time he took us to my friend Rachel and I to the red light district and it's it's brand new it's so fascinating oh yeah and yeah. girls in the window it's like what and yeah. you don't want to make eye contact because you're not like like I don't want to lead them on right like, they're not really looking for you and they're I don't want them to think that I'm judging them somehow because <laughs> like you know but you don't nice want to garters or, yeah right <laughs> so he takes us to the this peep show you know the place where you put in the euros and the, you stand in a, it's in a circle, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. in the round, it's theater in the round. And, um, and so there's booths all around the, the, this, I want to say rotunda, but it's not that big. Oh, yeah. Um, but, and, and so you go in and you lock the door and you get in there. And so, uh, he gets so excited. He's like, okay, okay. And he puts in a euro, he goes, go in there and he shuts the door and then he p- finds one for Rachel. And he, and then as soon as <laughs> he hands us some more euros and he's like, okay, enjoy. And he's like, so happy. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's in another one and he's not there to like watch the show at all. He's just he's looking at you. He's looking at us. He's so oh, right. happy. So he he's this is the first time we ever went. He you know, we put in our euros and we're in different booths and I can see Rachel directly across from me. Our like slides go up and there's a woman in the middle and she's pretty much naked right like she's she's totally topless she's kind of got a g-string on but you know she's moving it around she's doing all these things as her bed rotates and everyone's looking and uh i look over at rachel (laughs) this is hard to do like as an audio but rachel's got this face like a school a very very uh impressed school teacher and she's just like shaking her head and she's got a huge smile she's like Mm-hmm. Well done. Like well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, oh, good. so good. good for you. And I'm, I'm looking at her, and she just, she just keeps kind of shaking her head, like you're really. And every time the girl like comes around and makes eye contact with Rachel, Rachel's like, "You're doing so. You're doing good great. You. Thumbs up. Thumbs up." I, and we get out, and I'm like, "What were you doing over there?" And she's like, "Well, I just, you know, I wanted her to know that I was proud of her life choices. If this is what she wants to do, I'm not going to judge her. I just wanted her to know I was there for her, like women supporting women." <laughs> I'm like, and we're watching this woman touch herself. Yeah. <laughs> and Rachel's she like, would have pre- appreciated a tip more. Yeah, yeah. Instead. That's so funny. Good There's for you. a part two. Thumbs but up. But we'll save that for another podcast. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, we have uh, time for one quick story and okay. then we'll wrap it up. All Give right. me one more. Give me oh, one of your no, favorites. Oh, I'm like, was it your turn to tell no. a story? No, you are you did. You told I told yours. my sex story. Um well, I can the the other one that's always fun to me is telling on my husband because um for any of you out there that are listening that know him, 
He's an actor. And uh, he's very serious about his work. And he played a character in a play here in Los Angeles. The play was called Parapalas. And it was written by a Turkish playwright. And so when we got married, he was like, well, we have to go to Turkey. Because it was just not that long after, and he felt all right. this Turkish pride. And, and we and write he, it off as research. Yeah, and, and he'd learned some Turkish words. Uh-huh. And uh, so he's very proud of his language skills. <laughs> and um, so I had decided, we went to Greece first, and then I, 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 I had decided we were going to romantically take a boat across the sea to Turkey mm-hmm. from Greece. And um, we left from Kos. And um, that's not true. Coast was a totally different time. We left from another island uh, where Socrates was, and it's escaping me. And he's going to be yelling when he listens at this. He's going to be yelling at the. It's not a radio, but you know what I mean. He's going to be yelling at the podcast. Um, in at any his case. Phone. At his phone. Uh, so we sail across the narrow sea and uh, we land in uh, Kushadazi. And uh, two guys come, and you. But in order to get into Turkey, you need to have a visa, and you know it's one of those visas issued upon arrival. Yeah, you can buy it. And uh, yeah, so but we we didn't have any lira, and Turkey's we only had euro. So um, they were like, you know, you stay here, me, you stay here, and then Seamus is going to go with these two guys to an ATM, and he's going to get some lira so we can pay for our visa. And um, he, let me make sure I don't get a it. the yeah the it mixed up so what he keeps saying is he ke- he keeps like taking their hand and shaking it and going shakuzel shakuzel thank you thank you shakuzel shakuzel and just looking at him and he's like they just kept he comes back and he's like I don't know if they spoke Turkish because, <laughs> which of course, <laughs> obviously my language skills are better how, than these natives yeah. in their own. He's like, I kept saying Shakuzel and they just kept looking at me really weird and they'd kind of shake their head, but they were super perplexed. Oh, no. And, what is it? What does and it mean? so we get in the car and we have a, a, a guide that's picked us up to take us to our hotel. And Ali is like the most fun guy. And we're like, Ali, Ali. So we're like, what happened? Seamus kept saying thank you to these guys, but I guess maybe, you know, was it the wrong dialect? He's like, what did you say? And Seamus is like, Shakuzel. And and then he's like, you know, thank you is Teshikuridirum. And Seamus is like, oh, that's the other one I learned. You're right. And he's like, what was I saying? And he's like, it's what you say to a woman or, you know, someone that you are attracted to. You say, you're very beautiful. You're very beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. So he just kept telling all of these guys, you're very beautiful. You're very beautiful. You're very beautiful. beautiful. (laughs) That's great. Oh, I couldn't stop laughing. We lived. (laughs) Second of all, why is he learning how to pick up women when he's there with you? No. He learned it as part of the play. He's okay, a Turkish gonna, character. And, okay. and in the play, he He's says it, a, he meets somebody's mother and he says, you're very beautiful. Okay. And yeah. So he thought, and Teshikodadurim was the other one, Shakuzel. That was his, <laughs> he misused them within moments of setting foot. That's a great way to end this, that you can throw your husband under the bus. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's, that's nice. That's marriage. That's beautiful. Honk, honk. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> um, okay. Tell people where they can, if they're interested in reading your uh, articles and maybe if they want to take a tour or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, if you want to read any of my award-winning articles. Award-winning. award-winning. Who's giving out these awards, by the, the way? The uh, North American Travel Journalists Association. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you want to read any of them. A lot of them are just fun. Um, more naked stuff. Um, Can't go wrong. No, one. you never can. Clickbait. Uh, <laughs> there's a great one uh, about my friend and I being naked in a sensory deprivation pool and I lost my mind. Go check it out. Oh. Um, clever Dever Wherever dot com 
Remember, that's clever, not cleaver. Cleverdeverwherever.com. Um, Cleverdeverwherever on Facebook and Instagram to follow along and all the fun goodness. And uh, there are places, if you go to my website and you look at any of my stories about Georgia, there'll be a pop-up where you can get on the list specifically to get information about my tours to Georgia. And those are all very cultural, very person-to-person, brilliant, and the food is incredible. When's the next one after May? Uh, I haven't announced it yet because I have such a big waiting list, so I might do a private sale, but I'm looking at um, October 2019. So if you are interested to get in on that private sale, because it may not go out to the public at all, you have to be on that Georgia email list. And then that's going out only to people who are subscribers of the Georgia email list. That's great. Yeah. Man, so can we see you on... TV or film anytime soon, or where do well, people want uh, if they want to see you there? Castle Other than reruns, Castle, yeah. <laughs> Castle Is that on reruns Hulu or Netflix now. or anything. You know those? what? I don't know. It's got to be right. It's yeah. I think we've looked before. I don't know where they're hiding it. Um, but it had such a big fan base in the day, so uh, yeah, it's good fun. How many years did you do that? Eight. That's great. Yeah. Right. It That's was. Wonderful. It was amazing. Good, for you. good fun. Mailbox money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I don't know what to say to that. I'm jealous. That's Wait. what I am. Um, <laughs> it was a good time. It was a I great didn't, time. You notice I didn't ask you any Nathan Fillion stories. For a Nathan Fillion stories? For a Nathan, yeah. <laughs> he says furtively. Yeah, I didn't. Because <laughs> I know you get asked them all the time, so I didn't, I didn't. He's a good guy. Okay. We're still friends. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's yes. great. That's great. Um, and finally, like from what you've seen and all the places you've been, I know we only scratched on the surface all the places you've been. Um how has it changed you as a person from that girl in St. Louis to who you are now? And how has it changed maybe you as an actor or how you look at people or in America and everything else? Okay. Well, that's a long question. Well, but I'll I try know, to make it small. So well, I've been to, I've been to a lot of places now, I think 56, 57 countries. Um, it's giving, it's given me a huge, uh, um, like I feel like so uh, such a I I feel in completely inarticulate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it, it just gives you such a different perspective. Um, I think a huge amount of empathy for the ability to see how other people live, and also a lot of humility to see how other people to think because I, I people think because I think growing up in the United States, you get a fair bit of arrogance thinking you're the best, and you realize that that's we're told it because every, we're told every it, day. and you realize that we're not <laughs> that that's an illusion that that's ridiculous that the humans all over the planet have fabulous ideas in different countries and have excelled at different things, whether it's science or technology or, or even family and healthcare and things like that. And you realize that we're just another piece of that puzzle. So to learn from people around the world is probably one of the best gifts that you can get. And I think as an actor, it's really helped me to understand, like just observing, like getting into the minds of all these cultures. Again, I'm a big culture geek. So if I can understand what makes some like another part of the world tick, and bring that back, it, I think it makes it so much richer and deeper to tell someone else's story. That's great. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thank I know you. It's like, and thank you for like keeping the dogs at bay and everything else. <laughs> and that is not an easy task, and, especially with that beagle. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for doing this. And I have one final question. Is uh, studying school at, uh, at the Russian acting school, do they even have a comedy department? <laughs> <laughs> Stereotypes. <laughs> They don't like to laugh. There's the joke, folks. That's not true. Ah, uh, they just don't show it. Oh, they do check it behind... off some of the funniest plays you'll ever read. They do it's... their laughing behind closed doors, is what. Right they're... after they cry. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, 
better live in his world than deal with 